In today's broadcast, another look at Medicare, what to expect in 2022. In addition to that, see me after class where politics and your understanding about what insurance actually is, they just don't mix. All that coming up next. Welcome back to the Much More Than Medicare broadcast. My name's J.O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare. I run GH2 Benefits. Be sure to go to gh2unfiltered.com. It is the singular place where you can see the Medicare Masterclass. It's a multi-section, multi-session look at Medicare, all the different parts and the nuances. There's certain details in there that I can't share here on the public YouTube channel or podcast. It's only there on GH2 Unfiltered. I'll send you a copy of the paper debt back edition of Maximize Your Medicare for free and pay for shipping in the lower 48. For less than $2 a month, I'm very sure that some piece of information inside of the broadcast will more than pay for them themselves. Again, that's gh2unfiltered.com. Okay, let's just get right into it. Medicare 2022. So over the last few days, a number of headlines coming up talking about inflation. This has been a concern. You can see gas prices, food prices, all notably higher, used car prices, all much, much higher. So certainly CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, has increased. Now, this does affect people's Social Security payment. And you can see the article up on your screen here. This happens to be from The Motley Fool. You'll be able to find similar types of articles pretty much everywhere. Because what has happened is since CPI has risen by such a dramatic degree here in 2021, you would expect that Social Security payments would also be linked to it, and it is. Now, it's without getting overly technical, there are different ways of measuring CPI, okay? And whether or not this really affects you or whether or not you are actually experiencing greater or less inflation in your daily practical lives, Social Security calculations are done specifically by CPA, CPI-W. At any rate, it looks like early indications are somewhere in the neighborhood of 5%. Now, before people think through and you know start multiplying the 5% times their existing you know, Social Security payment, and let's just call it $1,500, 5%, you know, something like $75 more a month, Okay, just to give you some round numbers to work with. Let's make sure that we understand the fact that Medicare premiums are also tied here to COLA. Meaning that what has happened in the past is Social Security COLA has been zero. 
And so what has happened is that the amount that the Part B premium could increase was limited. And the reason is limited is due to, you know, a legislative clause called the hold harmless provision. And basically what it did is it said, if you were existing on Medicare and you got 0% increase in col as a result of COLA, you could not have an increase in your Part B premium. Nevertheless, what could have also happened is that if you did not qualify for this provision, that your increase in Part B could be greater than COLA. Is that possible? The answer to that is yes. So in fact, what could happen is a very complicated situation where your COLA went up by X dollars and your Medicare premium went by X plus Y dollars a month. That is certainly possible. Now, it looks like for next year, for 2022, that isn't really going to be the case because COLA is much higher than zero, obviously, as a result of the fact that consumer price index has risen so dramatically for the first six months of this year. So again, just a reminder that the 5% that people are saying, oh, hooray, we're going to be looking at a higher Social Security number, while that looks to be true because that is, you know, a legislative calcul legislative generated calculation. The fact of the matter is, is that the CMS is going to be able to raise Part B premiums by those similar types of amounts, if not more so, when COLA is higher. So while I don't have a crystal ball, you can prepare for at least 5%. Now, maybe that makes me chicken little to some degree. Maybe you're going to say that, well, they've done a better job of managing, you know, the outflows of money into the Medicare system. I find that unlikely because remember in the background, we're talking about other expansions to Medicare as proposed by President Biden. We're not even talking about the idea of lowering the Medicare eligibility age from 65 to 60 which would possibly increase the Medicare population by 24.5 million people overnight. You may think that ever, as time passes, that competition would, you know, limit or reduce the number of Medicare Advantage and Part D carriers in your local area. In fact, actually, I don't think that that's going to be the case. In, in other words, you can expect even more carriers and more plans and more confusion coming into 2022. The simple fact of the matter is that since about 30, 35% of Medicare beneficiaries are in Medicare Advantage today, right? that the carriers see this as going to upwards of 50% of the Medicare population. This is enormous growth obviously. So all of the carriers are looking to different locations in the countries where they do not exist or where their market share isn't, you know, what they think it could be. So just be aware, company that didn't used to exist in your area in the past can easily become a new entrant. Now, you know, it's not that simple. And I'm not going to tell you that 
what we're about to review here from this news article from NPR is a dissuasion to you, right? In other words, do you really care as a buyer, a consumer? Well, yes, you should care to the degree that, you know, in this particular case, the government is charging Humana as if they had overbilled the CMS by $200 million. But the fact of the matter is the carrier will still live up to the contract as written, right? You still have to understand Medicare Advantage. You can go to a ton of different videos that I've tried to point these out to you here on the Much More Medicare podcast, channel, newsletter, all these different locations. I've been pointing out nuances about how Medicare Advantage works. Now, in the back end, right, there is a commercial process where the carriers are fitting an allowance, right? They get an allowance from the federal government, from the CMS. There's a risk adjustment so that if a very sick person, so if Job of the, job of the Hut wants a Medicare Advantage plan, they the carrier gets an extra amount, a risk adjusted amount. And that is the source of the controversy in, in this article here on NPR, which is that Humana Inc. has overcharged Medicare newly 200 million federal audit fines. And you can see here, a Humana Health Plan for Seniors in Florida improperly collected nearly $200 million in 2050 by overstating how sick some patients were, according to a new federal audit, which seeks to claw back the money. I'm not here to settle who's right and who's wrong here. Okay. I don't see the numbers. I won't have the ability, nor will any real private person have the ability to flip through the numbers and to be able to say, to say, okay, party A is right or party B is right, right? I'm not here for that debate. I am here, however, for the idea that since we don't know, I can tell you the, the following. If true, if true, this is pretty bad, right? Because that $200 million is only in Florida. And this is being taken from the taxpayer money, whether that be from the, Medi the Medicare trust fund or from the part B discretionary part of the federal budget. One way or the other, the carrier is getting extra monies because of the fact that Jabba the Hutt is a policy owner. So if we've got a community of all Jabba the Hutts, they get extra monies. Okay, that's how Medicare Advantage works. That all said, it's fine to, you know, and it's attractive to, to say, oh, well, let's just point out at the carrier. It's, a, it's this big carrier. And this has happened to other carriers. Don't get me wrong. You can go under and see overbilling Medicare Advantage on Google. I'm not going to bore you with every instance. But what I am saying here is that while it's attractive to say here is an identifiable culprit, the idea that you're going to be able to systematically prove, prove that they're systematically making it seem 
as if everyone's job of the hut when they're actually Mr. Perfect. I think that that is a burden that is going to be very, very difficult. It generally is. It's very complicated because there are statistics involved. In addition to that, there's also error, right? So just like a hurricane, we know certain facts about Jabba the Hutt. He's 900 pounds. He has 100 units of insulin a day. You know, he likes Jack Daniels multiple times a day. That doesn't necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be here or there, right? Just like a hurricane, we can think that the path is going to a particular location. That doesn't mean the outcome is going to be a certainty. It can be both to the north and to the south. In the same way here, Jabba the Hutt, even though he has these preconditions, as well as you know Jack Daniel's lifestyle, that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll, he's for certain going to require huge amounts of health care and therefore the associated costs. That's why I'm saying is that you can hear that I'm slow in pointing out and just saying, yes, that guy is wrong, or yes, they're absolutely positively wrong. More subtle than that. There are other ripple effects to the idea that Medicare Advantage being increasing in size and importance in the Medicare system. And that is here, you can, and this is an old article from last year, but it, it points out the general principle, one that you've heard here on podcast, broadcast on the YouTube channel, right? Which is that when it comes to Medicare Advantage, you need to absolutely understand the network. I understand that attached to Medicare Advantage are extra benefits, dental, vision, hearing, health club memberships for seniors. I understand that these can be attractive and lucrative for people who are trying to save money. So for the policy owner, I understand all of that. That said, for me, that those are still the details. The forest, the forest, and not the leaf is the fact that you still need to make sure that the network works. Meaning the last outcome that my, I want to have my clients have is to, under the idea that a, met, that a particular provider doesn't belong to the network of the Medicare Advantage plan. Remember that under HMOs, right, that can be a big problem if you don't have an open network, if you if they don't accept that plan, because that could leave you 100% of the cost. In addition to that, that 100% of the cost doesn't count towards the annual out-of-pocket maximum under an HMO. The difference is under PPOs that as long as the healthcare provider accepts federal Medicare, they will accept the PPO. Now, the, the cost may be different. Your out-of-pocket cost, your copay, your co-insurance, they could be higher than if in-network. And your out-of-pocket maximum can be different, meaning higher than if you only use in-network providers. Nevertheless, inside a PPO, you will be accepted. 
So it's very important, and what I'm saying is, is that as Medicare Advantage gets bigger, changing Rubik's Cube, twisting around Rubik's Cube or Kaleidoscope to find the optimal combination of healthcare providers as well as optimizing your cost is going to be more subtle. There's no way of getting around that, especially because of the fact that hospitals are entering and are becoming partners in the insurance business, meaning that you can see that certain large insurance companies or certain large hospital systems are actually the owners of Medicare plans, meaning Medicare Advantage plans, especially. And it's leaving you as the consumer in a very uncomfortable spot because you want to go to your doctor. Your doctor sends you a letter. I just encourage everyone to completely step back and independently think through whether or not a Medicare Advantage, that particular Medicare Advantage plan, that particular HMO or PPO is actually best for you. I'm going to be saying this. I'm this going to be my battle cry going forward here as Medicare Advantage becomes bigger and bigger part of the Medicare landscape. Whenever I see politically charged, you know, articles in the media, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I have to start out this section by saying, "I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to change your mind. I don't have a horse in your race." It doesn't really matter to me, okay? However, what ends up happening is when politics gets involved, somebody mishandles the terminology, and you're sitting there reading, going, okay, well, I agree with the political situation, but then since they've misused the terminology so badly, now you've got the wrong understanding of how insurance works. This happens all the time. Keep telling people this is why I don't like, you know, the this intertwining of when people try to mix up terminology and get it wrong. The other day, Charles Barkley was on talking about race, right? Everybody knows Charles Barkley, TNT, Hall of Fame basketball player. He says, look, when you talk about race, we can't get the facts wrong. And, you know, and he called some, you know, fellow black players out for getting facts wrong when they were in the media. Well, I'm going to adopt that here. I'm going to hijack it. When it comes to health care and health insurance, you can't get the terms wrong. It is because the next guy who doesn't know much hauls away as if it's fact. Okay, so now I'm off that little message in that intro, that, that extended intro. You can understand a couple weeks ago, I, I was talking about the Affordable Care Act and about the fact that the Affordable Care Act survived yet a third challenge to its you know, legality, its constitutionality. The Supreme Court basically ejected yet a third challenge to the ACA. Okay, and during that, I said, you know, let's not be like, all boom or all bust, all, you know, roses or all, you know, a pile of garbage, right? Because what I was saying is both sides, both opponents, as well as those who back the ACA, you know, are equally or 
equally or. Let me just say that the opportunity for misstatement has been utilized very well by both parties, right? Briefly saying, you know, if you like your health plan, you can keep your health plan. Wrong. Never, ne never, right? And then also, well, we're going to, we're going to, you know, rid ourselves of the ACA and come up with the alternative, which is the greatest thing ever. Also wrong. Even the individual components were impractical. After that windup, we're here at WashingtonExaminer.com, which is a conservatively bent, biased, and biased by, I don't mean that's ne ne negative, right? That's just their political perspective on things. To which they have the full right, right? I'm not here again to settle what the government's role in our healthcare system to be. I'm commenting about the healthcare system that we have, right? Yeah, I can wax poetic all you want with, you know, over in a cocktail party or in a think tank debate. But for practical people, they need to understand exactly the terms being used so they don't get the wrong impression about what they're entitled to and what they can get at what price. That's all that Jay cares about, literally. So, opinion. States are better off without Medicaid expansion. Okay. What is Medicaid expansion? Let's go to the primer. Medicaid expansion is talking about the, the fact that your income level and, and ability to get lower health insurance premiums has been expanded. Meaning, so there's something called federal poverty level. There's a number. It's based on your household size and your location, okay? Not on location. My point is, is that what has happened is Medicaid expansion under the ACA and then padded or enhanced under Biden Care American Rescue Plan, okay? First of all, this is a terrible term because it, makes it look as if it's you are then going on to Medicaid. That is not the case. Medicaid expansion should be understood as increased discounts to private health insurance. Not that you're going to Medicaid. Not that you're going into Medicaid. So why the wind-up? Let's take a look at this article. Sally Pipes, uh, you know, I know the name, but I don't can't really tell you what she does. Anyway, here you can see she, the American, the conservative source Americans deserve. That's fine. Again, I'm not here to say conservatives or opponents are right or wrong. But what I am saying is that this, the way that this person has used the definition of Medicaid expansion is completely wrong. Here. Congressional Democrats are debating several ways to offer a Medicaid coverage to low-income, able-bodied adults in the 12 states that have refused to expand the program under Obamacare. Wrong. They're debating how to 
offer Medicaid expansion, which is to increase the tax credit so those persons can purchase private health insurance at lower premiums. That is not the same as to have those persons go on to full-blown Medicaid that this author has stated. Right away, first sentence is wrong. First sentence, wrong. Spending more dollars on the, on the country's largest entitlement is a bad idea. Medicaid is an unsustainable program that costs a fortune yet provides low-quality care. States shouldn't have, shouldn't have Medicaid expansion foisted upon them. Okay, that's an opinion. And you know what? She's entitled to it. She's entitled to it. Yeah. Of course, right? Medicaid is a blank check being sent to the states. Full-blown Medicaid is that check. It is a combination between states and federal funding. But Medicaid providers, doctors, they've got to agree to be accepting Medicaid. Medicaid expansion is for lower premium to health ins individual health insurance, that which is issued by private insurance companies. From there, the doctors and hospitals are accepting that plan. Jay's Insurance HMO, Jay's Insurance PPO of Alabama, right? I'm setting up doctors, hospitals in Alabama. Medicaid expansion is to get Jay's insurance to, and then match it to their doctors and hospitals. That's what GH2 Benefits does across the country. That is not the same as a person saying, okay, I'm going to full-blown Medicaid where everything is paid for by Medicaid and a different or different set of doctors and hospitals that accept Medicaid. This author has commingled, mixed them up, and now you're the reader. And now you understand why I'm so fired up. Right? Because now you can see Obamacare initially required states to expand Medicaid to every adult. And then in a ruling, states could choose themselves whether to expand the program. Fine. That's fine over here. Again, she has conflated these two separate things. Many did attracted by gushers of federal dollars. That is true. The lower health insurance premiums, what I've called Biden care, all the videos showing up Biden care that are showing up on my YouTube channel, right? On the Much More Than Medicare YouTube channel. The reason that I call it Much More Than Medicare is because those tax credits increase the, the discount, pushing down the effective premium for individual health insurance. For normal Medicaid enrollees, such as low-income pregnant women or elderly folks, cover anywhere in the, and the federal government pays the rest of the tab. But Obamacare offered states a much better deal to expand coverage to all able-bodied adults. No, it didn't. It increased the deal over here. It didn't increase a much better deal under federal Medicaid. 
didn't. Lawmakers recently sweetened the pot even more. The American Rescue Plan upped the federal government's responsibility to 95% of the cost that had yet to expand the program. Again, that has to do with over here. It did not change the Medicaid, right? It did not change Alabama's Medicaid program. Didn't. Increase the number of people on Medicaid. Again, no. So, some people who should have been been entitled to Medicaid, they didn't know it. Did they go on? Yes. I'm sure that's the case. Many people who did reach out to us, who are reaching out to us, are finding out that lower premiums are possible. And oh yeah, if you live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and you're 63, Miss Perfect, what was $1,500 a month? Can it be zero? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And so now you can see it on and on and on we hear. And now we say they also recognize that Medicaid provides lousy care. Okay, so now you can now understand that how messed up these conclusions are. Right? Under Medicaid, yes, a subset of doctors and hospitals are accepting Medicaid, and many do not. Many do not. Right? They're also paying zero for the entirety, right? There is a give and take here. They also recognize that Medicaid provides lousy care. So now the author has you believing these two are the same and therefore over here is also lousy care. Guess what? These plans are just the same as they would have been without Biden Care or the American Rescue Plan. They are the same as if they were under the Affordable Care Act originally, meaning the contracts haven't changed on individual health insurance. All that's changed is the premium due to the tax credit. This writer has you believing that all of these people are getting the lousy care, lousy care under Medicaid. That's not true. They stay with their existing plan. Let's talk about her use of the words lousy care. I'm not, again, here to judge it, but I'm going to tell you that this here, according to a landmark study of 12,000 randomly selected patients in Oregon who applied for Medicaid eligibility via lottery, no significant improvements in physical health outcomes compared to those who didn't. Okay. So this is you know deep in the weeds, and yeah, this is kind of like a opponents of Medicaid, generally speaking, like to point to this study. So let's take a look at this study. Okay, here it is. You know, let's presume that these are highly qualified people. That's fine. I'm going to give them that, but I'm going to point out this. Uh, yeah. 2013. Okay, now that's eight years ago, right? And the fact of the matter is these persons got it for zero, right? Meaning that it's no better, but it's not telling you that it's... We found no 
significant effect of Medicaid coverage on the prevalence or diagnosis of hypertension or high cholesterol conditions significantly increase the probability of diagnosis and the use of diabetes, but observed no on the average hemoglobin labels. So now we're just talking about a bunch of different medical technical terms of which isn't really the point. The point of insurance is to provide a layer of financial protection if you require catastrophic health care services, which would therefore increase your cost to levels that you cannot afford. The opponents are sitting here attempting to shoot down and point out lousy care as the reason. The reality is, is that at that income level, with no where the extra dollar is for food, right? Without judging how they got there, the fact of the matter is Medicaid has a tighter network. That is what we would expect. But the fact is, is that the price that they are paying for that care is also zero. Now, again, I'm not here to settle this person's idea conclusion that spending more federal dollars on the entitlement is a bad idea. That's a political only statement. That's a political statement. Okay. That should not be mixed up with you misunderstanding Medicaid expansion, which is lower health insurance premiums via tax credit versus Medicaid eligibility. They are not the same. You know, during two weeks ago, the video when I talk about the Supreme Court case, I there was a reason that I said, yeah, the selling of the Affordable Care Act on the America, to the American people wasn't on the up and up, right? If you like your health insurance, you can keep your health insurance. Never true. Never true. By that same token, on the flip side, the opponents to the Affordable Care Act, they they get F minus at best. And I'm being generous there. Here's another example. Didn't take two weeks to show up. That's it for today, everyone. Don't forget gh2unfilter.com for AB, Medicare ABC's master's class. MaximizeYourMedicare.com is the official website to the book. Also, this Facebook group, it is a Maximize Your Medicare community. It's a closed community. You do need to apply. I'm going to accept you. It's a place where I'm adding extra comments over headlines and other observations that I have on the fly but are too small to really comment here on the video or on the podcast. So be sure to go there on your Facebook. Be sure to invite yourself as well as invite your friends. As always, I'm Jay. This is much more than Medicare broadcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. Thanks.